How has AI changed the way you produce content? What barriers have you overcome to be who you are today and how has it changed you? How do you genuinely feel? What am I doing at 47? I mean, hopefully I have some, I have a few children at that point. Can you talk a little bit more about what drew you to making the move to Austin? Hello and welcome. Wow. Episode 300. It's an exciting milestone. It felt like at some moments I would never get here, but at others it felt like it was a foregone conclusion. And I'm so excited to be here. I'm so excited to be doing these solo episodes. Episode 295 was a solo episode as well about all the things that I learned from the podcast, or at least... 16 of the things that I learned from the podcast in 2022. And I'm going to be doing more of those, meaning I'm going to be doing once a month a recap of all the interesting and insightful lessons and stories because I was doing those 16 and I was like, there is so much gold that I'm missing from this 16. So so I'm so excited to be able to do that once a month end of the month, January, you'll get all the most important and insightful takeaways from January at the end of the month. And it'll be solo episodes like this because if you're watching on YouTube, you can see a nice new camera that gives us this look in, we're, we're in focus, it's working, everything's well. So if you're listening on audio, head over to YouTube to get what it looks like, what the new camera quality looks like. It's very solid. But I will say I do have a little bit of a bone to pick because I got the subscriber, not subscriber stats over the past 28 days. And 86% of the people who are watching on YouTube are not subscribed. So if this is the second video that you've watched from the podcast and you enjoy it, I humbly ask you to subscribe to the podcast because 86% not subscribed, there's a lot of growth on the table. If future guests want to come on the show and they see that I've got 4,800 subscribers versus 10,000 plus, makes a huge difference. And it would mean the world to me. If you're on an audio player right now and you want to hop over to YouTube, hit subscribe on YouTube for me, or you just want to subscribe on YouTube, that would mean the world. And now let's get into the Q&A from you. First question is from Liam Lawson. Shout out, Liam. How has your life changed since you started experiencing some success with the podcast? Has it motivated you more? Had a snowball effect? Have you mentally processed it or have you adapted already? Yeah, man. It's it's interesting because when you're in it, it doesn't feel any different. It just feels like you're putting one foot in front of the other. It feels like the growth is great. You know you're getting better and better guests. You know conversationally you're able to bring the things that are in your head into the world a little more effortlessly. And that's a super cool feeling. But you don't really stop back. Or I haven't really stopped back and been like, you know, I'm really successful with this podcast. No, I'm like, there's so much room to grow. And I certainly do note that it's like, Morgan Housel, The Psychology of Money. 
this book right here was literally just a book that I was interested in reading and impacted me at a deep level two and a half years ago. So then for the last episode of the podcast to be with Morgan Hauser, like that to me feels really fulfilling. And it feels to me like, oh my God, I can manipulate reality in some respect. So yeah, my, my life has changed and it's only upon the reflections that I really realize that. Another thing that that's come about because of the podcast, because of talking to so many cool, interesting people is like, one, the listeners of the podcast are super cool and super interesting. And you guys are all reaching out to me and you're asking me questions and people who are in Austin are asking to hang out all the time. So it's really cool that, you know, my life has changed in the respect of more opportunities and more friends and more connections to awesome, amazing people who I'm so excited to be connected with. But I'm still the same dude in some respect that started this journey with just an idea. So I can hold both of those things together in my mind at the same time. Next question is from the Life, the Life Shift Podcast. Do you have a life shift moment, a specific pivotal moment that changed your life forever slash completely. This is an interesting one because I was talking to someone recently about how like everything we do in our life changes us to some respect. And it's like you decide to go to the grocery store. That is a life shift. You decide to go to a specific college. Well, that's a huge life shift. I mean, for me, the big one that sticks out to mind is when I started meditating in October or late September of 2019. I really got to know myself at a deep level and I really started, for the first three months, I didn't know anything was different. It was only when I stopped at a red light that I was like, wow, like I used to, my mind used to be running during this red light asking when it was going to be green. And now I'm noticing that and therefore I can change it. And that was happening every time I went to a red light. So I would say meditation and then furthermore, just like understanding that I could change my thoughts, which allowed me to change anything. So let, let's say meditation is the life shift moment. Question from Negus. How has AI changed the way you produce content if you're using it? And if not, Why? So great question here. What I started to do for the podcast is for most episodes since ChatGPT has come out, I do the timestamps at 2x speed. Um, I go through it. I write a description. And then I say to ChatGPT, what are 25 potential titles for this episode? Sometimes I don't use it at all. Sometimes I do. Sometimes... I combine different titles that they suggest, but that is my current primary use case. And if anyone has any other suggestions, drop them on the, in the YouTube comments below about how I can use AI to better produce content. I'm also using Descript for clips now, and I don't know if that is AI. I'm sure it is in some respect because they can do captions easily. It's like technology and AI stops becoming AI once we have a name for it and once it's used. Like, it reminds me, like, isn't AirPods AI in some respect? 
Siri, AI. It's like we don't think of it as AI anymore because it has a name. Boogie asks, what routine habits do you have? One is meditation, 20 minutes in the morning, sometimes in the evening. And that is just sitting with a timer, eyes closed, watching the thoughts run. So nothing crazy from that respect. But another huge one for me has been lifting weights. I've done that for the past five years pretty consistently. And it really is mental health. It's physical health. It makes me feel good. It makes me feel like I'm going to live longer. And it just, it's helpful in so many different ways. So let's say meditation, lifting weights, and reading. I'm also adding running and yoga into the mix as well for the physical health and the habits piece. But for me, I you can't even ignore though the podcast itself. The podcast has become a routine habit. Posting three episodes every week, interviewing and talking to interesting people and or just talking to you. So that's a routine habit that I have or those are the routine habits that I do have. Caleb Parker asks, what is your why? Oh, baby, what is my why? Well, um, I believe it's to make the world happier, healthier, and wiser. That's the why that I has really tethered me to reality over the past two and a half years that I really come back to time and time again. When I'm lost, I ask myself, is this making me happier, healthier, and or wiser? When I don't know what to do, that is my guidepost. And it is the major filter that I, I draw a lot of decisions on. And it's because I can imagine what my ideal tombstone would read. Daniel Miranda, 1995 to whatever date made the world happier, healthier, and wiser. That's that's why I'm doing the podcast. That's why it lights me up in, in some respect. And yeah, that, that is my why, to make the world happier, healthier, and wiser. Mark Rubin asks, what's your most important epiphany? And that is to make the world happier, healthier, and wiser. I mean, I remember where I was when I was sitting outside just staring out into the sun with my eyes closed and it just hit me. I wanted to make the world happier, healthier, and wiser. Like if that is how I ended my life, it will have been a life well lived. And so, yeah, that was my most important epiphany as well and also my why. Lance Ole asks, what barrier when overcome had the greatest impact on the podcast? There was a time in September or it was either from July to September of 2022, this past year, when I was like, all right, I built something over the past two years with this podcast, but if I really want to take it to another level, if I really want to, if I really want this to be everything that I think it could be, I need to take it more seriously and I need to be a professional. In July of 2022, I posted two episodes. And in August and September, I was building, uh, I was doing one to two episodes a week. But then in October, the around the two-year two mark, I said, we're going to put down the gauntlet and we're going to do three episodes a week. And that barrier of should I do this, should I not, that was a really impactful moment because 
it made me understand that you can have lulls and you can have ups and downs with your own passion, with your own excitement, with with the thing that you're doing. You could be a, a writer. You could love writing. And then you could forget about writing for six months or you could write sparingly for six months. But then that seventh month, you can decide like, no, like I am a writer. I'm going to show up every day consistently or I'm going to put myself on a schedule and follow through with it, even if it's a a difficult schedule to follow. So that barrier of breaking through uh, in July of 2022 when I, I started writing down the Danny Miranda podcast gets over 1 million plays per month by January 2023. And so we're halfway through January right now and we're at around 50,000 plays per month. So we got some way to go if we want this to be a success over the next two weeks. But the point is that I started writing that down and it started motivating me and getting me in the direction of like, all right, just put out one episode, just put one foot forward. And so that was a, a really impactful time. Alex Cherry asks, was there a time when you came really close to quitting? And if so, what made you push through? So there was that time in July where I was close to quitting in July of 2022. There was also the time in December of 2021 and January of 2022 when I wasn't, I'd done almost 200 episodes and I had been doing a job that I didn't like. And I was like, the results from this thing that I'm doing aren't there. Should I just stop doing it entirely? And I decided, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to keep going. I'm going to push through this. And what got me to push through was doing interviews again. Once I started doing them, I was like, wow, I really like this. I, of course I really like this. This makes me feel whole. But it was funny because when I wasn't doing it, I forgot how much it was important to my own soul. So it's similar to someone going to the gym, right? They're, they know going to the gym is good for them. It's helpful. They sometimes might not want to go, but after they go, they're so happy they did. And so for me, podcasting is an equivalent of that. Sometimes I don't want to do an interview. I mean, very rarely that happens where I don't want to do an interview, but then after it's over, I'm always so glad because I went through a workout for my mind and I learned something new and I came up with new ideas and I connected with someone deeply. So what got me to push through was actually just doing it. And that's a a really helpful uh, thing for me to realize and to and to hold on to because this podcast is very much a part of my soul. And uh, it's clearly something that when I don't do it, I feel upset. And that means that doing it is the way to get back to a state of equilibrium. Trey asks, 10 years from now, there's a coffee table in your living room. Tell me what's on it. Trey, hopefully some coffee's on it, honestly. Um, Maybe you're looking for book recommendations or, or I, I mean, I could just imagine hopefully a very minimal coffee table situation. I don't really have any desires for anything fancy, but I'll have to think on that and we'll have to see what 10 years from now holds on my coffee table. Ruhi asks, how to invite guests on your podcast? How to structure a cold email to guests and any examples? 
I cover this a little bit in my newsletter, dannymiranda.substack.com. But for me, the process is not too complex. It's usually just a short message, no more than normally no more than six lines of like, this is, I mean, it's really just three paragraphs that are short. It's like, this is why I respect and admire you. This is the credentials of my podcast, or this is what I've done and no worries or hard feelings if you don't want to come on. So if you have those three, you're, you're pretty set. And so that's my, my guest outreach structure. Jason asks, can you talk a little bit more about what drew you to making the move to Austin? Was it culture, weather, a particular opportunity? Out of all places, why Austin, Texas? It's a good question. And honestly, I feel as if almost Austin chose me rather than me choosing Austin. I would, I visited three different times over the course of 2022. Once it was for, I, I believe, a week. The second time it was for two weeks. And every time I was like, this this place feels like home. This place this place feels like the people who I want to spend time with are here. And that is for me, a lot of people on Twitter. It's like a lot of creators, a lot of thoughtful people, a lot of people who are interested interested in building the future in some respect. And so I'm attracted to those who are building the future. And I'm attracted to those who are interested in media and podcasting and conversations and learning and fitness. And Austin has all of those things in a really remarkable way. I went to Miami. Uh, it's, it's nice. You know, it's great. I didn't have the same sense of being so forward for creators, so forward for, for the future. Like it's just, a, it's just a really cool city right now. It's a beautiful time and place, right? Like it's not just Austin, Texas. It's Austin, Texas in 2023 for the things that I want to build and the the person that I want to be. And I'm sure it was different five years ago and I'm sure it'll be different five years from now. But right now in this place and time, Austin, Texas has got my heart. Logan Brown asks, what do you know now that you wish you had known when you started the podcast? How have the conversations and people you've had on the podcast changed the way you operate? First question is, what do I wish I, I had known when I started? I wish I knew how long it would take to build something that was, is very difficult to build a podcast. It's very difficult to get people to pay attention to what you're asking or what you're you're operating with, and it takes time to to build that out, or at least it has for me. I started with no audience or no real following of any kind. I mean, I had six thousand, seven thousand followers on Twitter, so I, I did have some baseline, but I didn't have anything crazy. I, it wasn't launching to a million downloads per episode, so. I know that for me, the way that I wanted to do my podcast, it has taken a long time. And I didn't realize that when I started, but I'm grateful for that because the naiveness of that allowed me to just do it with with no expectations. And it, it'll, 
no expectations isn't quite right. It allowed me to do it with, with just full f- forced optimism. And the optimism came through. And I'm still optimistic about where the podcast is going and building it. But I, I know now that it took me longer than I expected. And I think that if you're doing a podcast without, without a clear direction of like, this is my ideal person who I want to listen, which I, I was going at it from and I still am very much doing that, then it, it takes a while. And it, I learned later, take, took Joe Rogan six years to make a real income from his, his podcast, which is pretty remarkable. Um, but yeah, that's what I know now. The conversations have changed the way I, I'm able to take the things in my head and bring them into the world. And it's also made me a lot more curious and have a lot more different, have a lot more respect for the different ways in which people live and just a lot more understanding of people. Because you realize you talk to so many people, you're like, all right, well, this guy lives on a farm and this guy lives in a skyscraper and this guy sold his company and this guy is is just trying to to build his thing. And so you realize everyone's at a different stage and sometimes that the advice we give is only for us in that moment. And that if we're five years later in our journey, we'll give different advice. So, yeah, I mean, it's made me a lot more receptive to the different ways people live, broadly speaking. Push Praj asks, why podcasting? It's a good question. I started this podcast when I put out on Twitter, who wants to talk on the phone? I had tremendous phone conversations with people and I thought, oh, more people should hear these conversations because it's going to be valuable. So a recorded phone conversation is just a podcast. And so podcasting is really just the vehicle for me to ask questions, connect deeply with human beings, and learn about life through conversation. And so that's why podcasting. Hana Lupis asks, the best and worst case scenarios for humanity in 10 years? Whew. I don't know. <laughs> I truly have no idea. I mean, I got to get on somebody, a futurist, a technologist. I got to get a Balaji Saravasan to talk about this. So if you have a connection to Balaji Saravasan, he's a, a guy that I've been trying to get on for quite some time. But I mean, like because AI is so in my head right now, it's like, all right, best case scenario is we we have more people living lives that are exciting to them that are optimistic toward them that they're happy with and fulfilled with and we have less poverty overall and we're smarter as a species and we're more mindful the worst case is we're all dead right so yeah i don't i don't know i don't know uh where this is all going for humanity but, and I'm sure we'll, some crazy stuff will happen in the next 10 years because that is a, a theme throughout history. After talking to Morgan Housel and reading and really sitting with his work, it's like we are, there are always going to be things that shock us. The, the chances of a 1% of a, 
of a war and 1% of a uh, a nuclear explosion and 1% of AI taking over and 1% of a depression. Like all of these are possible. And if so many bad scenarios have 1% likelihoods, then there's actually a high degree of likelihood that something wild is going to happen in the next 10 years. So hopefully it will be something that we can all come back from and it can and we can uh just mitigate it through the use of the internet but yeah existential questions for sure rahul asks who are your favorite artists one that i talk about a lot on the podcast is russ russ represents to me the a musician who is able to take his dreams and use his voice to create a new reality and done it all independently. And I, I'm really inspired by that journey. Another is Mike Posner. I love Mike Posner and his ethos and what he stands for and his ability to be a warrior in some respect. Of A warrior, I use that word lightly, in the sense of he walked across the United States of America. Like It's not actually being a warrior and going to war, but... It's the warrior ethos of doing something disciplined. But at the same time, he's also somebody who sits with himself for, I believe, weeks at a time where he just meditates or he just goes on retreats. And so he's a warrior and a monk at the same time. And that dichotomy is something I'm really attracted to. And then it comes out in his music, like Keep Going by Mike Posner. The album is just one of my favorites of all time. Really impacted me at a deep level. And... Yeah, I'd love to have both Russ and Mike Posner on the podcast. But generally speaking, I'm a huge fan of music, but wide array of music. Like I listen to country, I listen to EDM, I listen to old school, I listen to rap, I listen to everything. So those are, are two of my favorites. Morning NFT asks, would you rather be liked or right? You know, I don't. I think I would rather be liked than right. Um, but obviously it depends on the scenario and the situation. But that was the first thing that came to mind because I'm I'm more comfortable letting someone else be right and instead like I, I'd, I'd want the love from them. But I'm not sh- quite sure. It, it depends on the context. Paulina asks... Paulino, excuse me, asks, who's the guest you've kept most in contact with after recording with them? So a few that come to mind are Zach Pagrab at Behavior Hack, absolutely blown up over the past month or two, and you love to see it. Yeah, I've keep in very close contact with him, and that's why he's one of the most recurring guests on the podcast. Also, very close with Hunter Weiss and Dylan Jardin, Tej Dosa, very close with him. So yeah, I mean, what's cool about the podcast is it's a way for me to meet such incredible people. And for those people, then some to um, can text some of these people and to be able to email and contact, like, I'm really grateful for that because that whole thing is, it doesn't get lost on me that Eight years ago, nine years ago, I was sending emails to authors saying, you know, I love your book and we should 
I, I hope there's a resource out there where I could talk one-on-one with people because I think people will get value from it. Like that's the email that I sent to Ryan Holiday. Like let's, let, me, let me basically talk to you and other people will get value from it. Well, that's a podcast. And although I, I don't have any contact to Ryan Holiday necessarily, I'm still in awe just of the idea. It, the origins of it feel like they were in me, like placed in me at a deep level. And that, like Austin, I, it feels as if I didn't choose it myself. It feels as if the path has been laid out and I'm just walking the the path that, that's laid out before me. Benedictus Kent asks, what barriers have you overcome to be who you are today and how has it changed you? One big one was just the lack of self-awareness for myself. And this is just from a lot of like zero time with myself. I spent 24, 25 years of my life, just 24 years of my life, just externally facing. What do other people think is good? How do I operate my reality to that? And then afterwards, I started looking inward in a real way. Like, what do I care about? What's important to me? What is my number one priority? That's why I talk about meditation all the time. It's because... In a world that is externally facing, it gives you a chance to look at yourself and figure out what you actually want. It's so powerful. It's so powerful if you can make decisions for you instead of the group around you or the the society around you at a broader level. So that the biggest barrier I've overcome is being able to start looking inward. Even though I didn't like what I saw initially, like, oh man, this, this guy's living a life that isn't really in alignment with what he wants. This guy's living a life based on what other people want. And then really sitting with that and making changes because of it, that's the biggest thing I've overcome. And it's changed me tremendously. I, I don't believe this podcast would be here today if I hadn't started meditating. My boy Jimmy asks, You're about to land, and the captain says on loudspeaker, the aircraft's landing gear failed. You're pulling around for another approach and an emergency landing. What's going through your head in that moment? Oh, man. This actually happened to my friend Jimmy, and the first thing that went through my head when he sent me this text is like, are you okay? Like, are you safe? (laughs) Um, But... You know, this sometimes happens on planes in turbulence. I ask myself, like, have I really done enough? Like, I feel as if I have so much to give to this earth. I I really do feel that. Like, scaling my own personality, scaling my energy, my optimism, my curiosity, more. Like, just scaling more of it to more minds and more hearts. And so, I don't think I've even come close to what the vision for that entails. And so if I heard that announcement on the loudspeaker, that was, that would be the first thing that, that comes through my head immediately. It's like, I, I don't think I've done enough. Um, and you know, 
I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Like, I don't know if that's right. I don't know if that's wrong. Um, I'd obviously think about my parents, my family, um, and would think about, damn, this is gonna, you know, I, I love my family and they love me. And it's like, that that's, that's hard to lose somebody young like that. But I, I'd want them to know that I put out these podcasts for a reason. I, I really do think this is a, a resource that I wish more people and I'm grateful more people have access to. And it's my way of cementing uh, just a, a small legacy on this floating rock in space. And it's a, it w- it's been a way, this podcast has been a way for me to be a new person, right? Like going back to the last question, it's like I was somebody who was just so externally facing and this podcast and meeting my heroes and asking them questions and and being on the same in the same place with them has really it's just it's allowed me to get to know myself better at a deeper level and hopefully it's allowed you to have more understanding for yourself as well so you know if that if that god forbid happens just want my parents to know I love them, my brother, I, I love you, like, my whole family, like, I have so much love and appreciation for what you have, what you provided me so that I could take these steps and do this, so, yeah, all that going through my head at, at one time, and so, yeah. Jackson asks, podcast space seems hyper-saturated, that's not to say it's impossible to create a new successful one. But if you are looking for optimal tailwinds to position yourself as a thought leader in 2023 and beyond, what platform slash content would you target? <sighs> Along the same lines, Tad, Tad HG asks, what platform slash strategy contributed the most towards growth? Bailey Clark and Three Yoso asked, Tips for starting a podcast. I mean, all all of these questions are in the same vein, and I'll do my best to tackle them here. The platforms right now that I would focus on for growth is you have to figure out like where you would naturally spend the most time with, where you do, and then you have to figure out where where do I enjoy creating for? Because guess what? Instagram works. Twitter works. LinkedIn works. TikTok works. But it doesn't work unless you actually show up in that place. And a good example of this is literally my friend Zach Pograb, Behavior Hack. He built a following from 0 to 200,000 from 2019 to 2021 or 2022 really on Instagram when that was a quote unquote saturated place, but his content was just good. He was just thoughtful in the way he was approaching his posts and how he was tagging people. You can grow an audience on Twitter. You can go from zero to a hundred thousand, 200,000. I've seen people do it over the past year. So is that a saturated place? 
like, I guess, but it's only so saturated to the point of like, you could, if you do something in a novel or interesting way, it's not saturated at all. Podcasting the same way. It's like, we are, there has never been, I mean, a, a good example is like, all right, the printing press came about in 1440. And so are books saturated? There's way more books than podcasts. But now you think about the printing press for audio was just in the past 10 years where anyone could create a piece of audio and it could get distributed to anyone in the world. That's what a book is. And that started in 1440. And that is still going on today. And Morgan Housel just so sold 2 million copies of the psychology of money in the past two years. So podcasting is not saturated. I mean, yes, it would, is not the ideal place to go if you are just, if you don't have an audience and, but it is an ideal place to go if you love communicating with people, if you love asking questions, or if you have an interesting and a novel way of approaching it. Like, I don't know, man, the, the platform I would go to is the platform that I would spend the most time on anyway. And that's, that's what I would say for, for growth as well. Um, tips for starting a podcast, like just see if you like it, but granted, if you enjoy it and it's fun for you, um, just continue try trying to be better as an interviewer or, or, a a creator of the content, continue trying to ask yourself, what could I do to make this better over and over and over again? Like that single question has helped me so much. And that single question is why you're potentially watching the video version of this in 4k because I asked, all right, well, this camera sucks. Let's make it a little better. And so it's cool to know that all of this came to be just because I asked, what could I make this? How could I make this better? And you know, if you're looking at the background, like I was getting some comments about the background. It's like, all right, well, this is the first iteration of that. And it's like the background will get better in due time. But if you know you're playing a long game, you don't mind that things quote unquote take a little slower because you're like, well, I'm going to be podcasting for, you know, hopefully 50 plus years. So if the background's a little shoddy in episode 300, it's okay because episode 3000 will not look that way. Um, what episode contributed the most towards growth? I'll, I'll answer this one. I mean, honestly, I think the episode with Iman Godzi has a lot of place, <laughs> like more place than any other episode. Um, I don't know if that is the one that's contributed the most towards growth, but I, I would assume so that if it has the most plays, then it brings the most people in. Uh, the episode with George Heaton was also in 2021, I believe, one that really got people excited um, and got and still gets a lot of people to check out the podcast. And what's exciting about that one in particular is that I will be talking to George on Monday. So within the week in person for an episode, which I'm super stoked about. Cami asks, what makes you excited to wake up in the morning? I have so much to be thankful for, to be excited about waking up. Like the fact that I get to talk to my heroes, like the people who I'm so fascinated by, the people whose ideas and insights really 
hit me at some way. I get to ask questions to them based on my own learnings. And sometimes they enjoy those. Like that gets me so jacked up when I got an interview with somebody I've been reading or consuming their content for a long time. I am just over the moon excited about like, how is this possible? So yeah, uh, but unrelated to the podcast, I'm just excited to be doing the things daily that are in alignment with the person that I want to be. For me, that was moving to Austin. That was growing here. That was putting some some roots down and being like, I want to be from Austin. Like I lived in New York. I didn't want to be from New York. I do appreciate New York tremendously, but the culture of it didn't align with me. I lived in San Diego for a little bit as well. The culture of San Diego did not align with me because it was like, I was feeling like I was retired in San Diego. It was cool. It was a little hippie. It was, it helped get me into meditation and yoga, but you know, that felt like too much. Right. And then New York for me felt like too much money. And then it's like Austin is, is somewhere in the middle, which is a a beautiful mix. And I'm, I'm really grateful for at least one month into it. Truman asks, what drives you to do what you do? To make the world happier, healthier, and wiser. Simple as that. Sakshi asks, how do you genuinely feel? I genuinely feel amazing. I feel great. I feel really blessed. I feel excited. I feel full of life and energy and just just ready to attack 2023. Genuinely. (laughs) Um, And what's one question you're afraid to ask? (laughs) And what's one question you're afraid to ask? Hmm. I would say that I'm I wouldn't say I'm afraid to ask questions related to sex, but they are it does sex and money, right, are the two things that are gonna get the most clicks. And I wouldn't say I'm afraid to ask about either of those things. I just it does make me uncomfortable to go into somebody's wallet or like personal life to that level. So I would say sex and money are two topics that I'm afraid isn't the right word, but I just, it makes me uncomfortable because I want the other person, the person I'm interviewing, I want to make them comfortable and I really want them to appreciate themselves more. And for me, it, the conversation going towards sex and money doesn't help do that, even though I guess it could, but yeah, that those are, are two, two topics. And hopefully that answers the question. Job asks, what does your career path look like until now? So I graduated college. I said, all right, I don't want to work for anyone ever. So I started figuring out drop shipping and e-commerce and marketing and I built up, a, a, I tried a bunch of different stores, dropshipping stores, found one that worked, did that. I was like, wow, making a lot of money. This is great. But I was like, I feel very unfulfilled. This was around the time I started meditating, looking inward. I was like, oh, I'm just doing this dropshipping because I want to make money. I want other people to validate me. So, okay, I don't want to do this anymore. Let me do something that's more in alignment with me. Okay, let's let's go down the path of personal training. And I remember at this time, like, feeling very envious of people who 
knew what they wanted to do and had a path and were focused on that path. And then I thought that path was really going to be fitness for me. And I really thought it was going to be personal training um, and helping people with their fitness. I really enjoy the Mike Vacanti and the personal trainer podcast. Mike Vacanti is the guy, he's Gary Vaynerchuk's personal trainer who helped get me into fitness at a real deep level and like helped me understand what macronutrients are, different lifts, like why you do certain things in the gym. And I was like, I would love to give the same gift to other people. And so I thought I was going to go down the path of personal training. I was working with some clients. I Then the, the pandemic hit and I was like, I don't think anyone's going to hire a personal trainer because we're about to be, there's going to be a pandemic and there's going to be depression and who's going to hire a personal trainer? So let me figure out something else. Let me do something that I inherently would enjoy doing for the sake of doing it. And for me, that was writing. I loved writing as a kid. I was like, let me go back to the things I was doing as a child. I started writing two blog posts a week. Um, and then I started the podcast. And then I, the podcast wasn't making money. I was doing it from home. I, I worked for my friend Zach Pagrab at his um, photo booth company. Just part-time job, living at home, making some some income. And then... I got this NFT job where I was podcasting and talking about NFTs. Previously, I bought this NFT, made a bunch of money on that NFT. Then, well, I bought the NFT, got the NFT job, then sold the NFT after quitting the NFT job. And and I made money on that NFT that I bought. So it's been a windy road. And and now well, I'm doing clips for people. I'm, you know, I'm podcasting, making money from the podcast, making money from the the newsletter. Like there's a lot of different avenues and it's uh it's been a windy road to say the least. And this is one thing that I want to like really make clear is like the way education worked for me was and I think most people. It's like all right, here is the path. Here's we're set out and we're going this place. And, you know, all right. So you have seventh grade, you have eighth grade after 12th grade, that's college. And after college, you get a job and like, even in the micro of, okay, this is the, this is the, the schedule for the semester. You have, you know, learnings week one, week two, week three, week four, week five, week six, midterm after the midterm, you do another six weeks of learning. You do an essay in between there. And then at the end, you have a final. And like that's set in stone. From what I've experienced so far, I mean, and this could be a rare experience, is like the quote unquote real world after post-college is a lot more you pick your own adventure. And why shouldn't it be like that? I always felt locked down and felt like, what if I wanted, you know, two weeks of of Spanish and three weeks of math and Seven weeks of this, like school is for me, wasn't a way to express my own curiosity. It felt forced. It felt like someone else wants you to learn this. So you should. And I just never resonate with that. And I, I love learning. I love, I love to read a book. I love to go and explore curiosity or interest like NFTs, right? But I don't like to do it if you tell me that I need to do it feels a lot less authentic. It doesn't feel real. And 
if you think about it, that's what school is. It's like someone else telling you, you need to learn this. Well, do you? And then how come the things that you really need to learn, they don't teach you about like taxes or, um, yeah, taxes was just the first one that comes to mind, but there are a lot of things in the real world that school decided not to teach us. And I don't blame them necessarily. It's meant to get the most amount of people and teach them the most broad things so that they could have a basic level of knowledge. And I think to some extent it does that, but it doesn't do that effectively for myself or it didn't. And it's just because very much my personality is based on, let me find out for me what that path looks like. So that's what the podcast is. I mean, I don't know who's going to come on in December of 2023. And uh, that's because I don't know my curiosities or interests at that time makes it authentic, which helps people be like, oh, I, I resonate with the realness of that journey. Yep. Crystal Tuition Team asks, what's the best thing that you ever bought that cost less than $100? A kitchen timer. By far, a kitchen timer is the best thing that I've ever bought under $100. It allows me it, to meditate effectively. This is what it means. This is what I mean by that. One when you look at when i look at a kitchen timer it serves as a trigger for meditating two i don't have to look at my phone now in order to set a time of like all right i'm going to meditate for 20 minutes let me just go into my phone and then let me click 20 minutes and oh wait well let me check twitter so you can't do that with a kitchen timer and uh yeah it it's just it serves as a trigger it's effective and i don't look at my phone when meditating hence making it the best purchase for under $100. Hunter Weiss asks a few questions. Favorite podcast and why? So I saw you ask this question and then I looked to see what the podcast that I actually listened to the most in 2022 was based on Spotify and that was the Joe Rogan experience. But... I might have listened to my first million more on YouTube. So it's a toss up between those two. Um, why is Joe Rogan my favorite podcaster? I think just by the the sheer fact that he's been doing it the longest makes him the best at it. And he's tried to ask himself, like, how can I make this better over and over and over again? And he has that improvement in him. So it's like you you do that for 12 years. That's the product of like, wow, that's an enjoyable listening experience. And I hope by the, the time we get to 12 years, you know, 10 years from now, people will be like, wow, that's an enjoyable listening experience and might not look or sound anything like Joe Rogan, but I would probably say it's my favorite podcast because of his ability to, to communicate effectively. I, and my first million along the same lines, Sam and Sean have been doing it for, I think, two or three years maybe more maybe three or four but then they had a relationship and a friendship before that so they were obviously talking and friends with each other probably for the five years prior to starting the podcast so them being successful as co-hosts is really like a 10-year journey and we're seeing now like the 10th year of it and so those are two of my favorite podcasts because the reps make you undeniable if you are able to stick it out for that long. 
Hunter also asks, most interesting quest. Now, I don't know if he means most interesting guest or most interesting quest. I normally don't talk about the the most. I don't rank the guests that I have on the podcast. So let's go with quest. Um, the most interesting quest that I've been on is my own internal journey. I Close is 75 hard because it forces you to think internally about yourself from doing physical actions, but you can't, you can't ignore yourself in an hour meditation for a long enough time horizon. You just can't. So the internal journey of getting to know myself better has been my most interesting quest. Then you, you ask the tough question of the number one person I want to interview. I mean, if I'm spending the most time with Joe Rogan based on Spotify, he it would make sense to call him the number one person I would like to interview. Um, he's up there. I'd, I'd love to talk to Oprah about her journey. <laughs> I'd love, love to talk to Tim Ferriss as well as a fellow podcaster, someone who's done it for, I think now, what, seven, seven, eight years, and just a writer and someone who's exploring his own curiosity publicly. So those are, are big ones for sure. Wooter asks, in 20 years time, one, what are you doing? Two, what will you say was your fondest memory slash experience was? And three, what does your daily routine look like? Love the pod, Danny. Thank you, Wooter. I really appreciate that. Dude, 20 years time. That is... If you think about like my first memory being, you know, around four or five and now I'm 27, that that's basically 20 years. So another one of those to go from like seven to 27 was quite a jump. This is wild when I think about all the experiences and the things and then go from 27 to 47. What am I doing at 47? I mean, hopefully I have some, I have few children at that point at least at least a few um if not more so hopefully the first thing that comes to mind is spending a lot of time with my children uh, hopefully still podcasting as well and talking to people i assume podcasting will still be a thing but if it's not just talking to people learning from people exploring my own curiosities in public and and allowing people to come in on that journey it'll be interesting to to look back on right like Mr. Beast, I think five years ago or more, he was in high school and he was he was saying, all right, by the time I get to, he scheduled out his future, <laughs> he scheduled out his future predictions for his podcast or for his YouTube channel and then made that public in the, the fi- in five years. So like, let's say he recorded on, <laughs> on July 1st. 2015 he then set it to schedule it for that video for july of 2020 and 2025 and 2030 and his predictions so it will be funny if somebody pulls this video up in 20 years wonder if i'll still be creating content um yeah i think it's deep within me to share and explore so probably still creating content what will i say my fondest memory slash experience was so personally i i assume it has something to do with raise with just being with my 
being with my wife, future wife, being with my future children and really getting to connect with them. I mean, this was really hit home because I was talking to Morgan Housel and we're talking about Tim Ferriss and being on the Tim Ferriss show. And I'm like, yo, it's so cool that you're doing that. He's like, dude, that wasn't even in the top 30 things that made me happy in an, in any given day. It's like, it's cool being on Tim Ferriss show, but it's not so cool that it's going to change my happiness level. So it's probably the case that I am over the happiness that I assume I will gain from selling out Madison square garden is less than the happiness that I will gain from having a child and raising a child. Maybe, maybe not. Um, but yeah, right. Like the close connections with your family and friends are really what makes someone happy. But at the same time, I'm seeking these crazy, enormous, huge goals of like selling out Madison square garden, which who knows if I can even do in 20 years in the next 20 years, that is, but yeah, that, that's the, I will probably say my fondest memory is something to do with connecting deeply with people I love. And in 20 years time, what does my daily routine look like? Hopefully wake up, exercise, meditate in whatever order, spend some time with my children, talk to people who fascinate me, who fill me with curiosity and wonder and awe, share with the world or, or not. I don't know. And, um, yeah, live in a, live in a a place that is close to nature and spend a lot of time outside. Hopefully that's the plan. Jope or Jop asks, what's the greatest lesson your intuition taught or showed you and how did you slash do you get in alignment with your intuition? How do I get in alignment with my intuition is meditation. Meditation is just like, all right, what are... It's just hearing myself. We spent all this time. You're listening to me. You're, you know, you're an hour into listening to me talk about my own journey and hopefully helping you. It's helping you in some way. And we spent all this time in conversations with, with really thoughtful people, but it's like, you got to hear yourself and you hear yourself. How I hear myself is through meditation. Some people hear themselves through writing. Some people hear themselves through going on a walk. Some people hear themselves through lifting weights, right? Like you have to find out what that thing is for you. For me, I get into my intuition by meditating and really sitting with nothingness. What's the greatest lesson your intuition taught or showed you? I would say it is that when you uncover all the muck, when there is like, there's this like, muck that can accumulate on any given day but if you tap into your intuition you realize that what's under the muck is actually just love and peace or at least it has been in my experience it's like you can get really angry about someone who did something wrong to you and then afterwards it's like if you do find forgiveness there's like for that person there's just like love that arises it's been my experience. I can't speak to everyone's, but my the greatest lesson my intuition has taught me is that what's under so much 
of our own consciousness is love. And it's like, if we can remove so much of that stuff, we can get to that place of love and love for ourselves and, and the people around us. Eve, Arnold, closing out, closing us out with the final question. Given everything you've learned, what's the one question everyone should ask you? I hate to make this be anticlimactic, but I don't think there's one question everyone should ask me. Um, I think it's all based on your own experience, your own, the own stage and journey you're at in your own life and what resonates with me or with you about the things that I've done and will continue to do. So, yeah, I don't think there's one question everyone should ask me. I think there's many different questions and um, I'm really grateful for getting the chance and opportunity to answer so many of these today. Thank you guys so much for the questions. I mean, I feel really blessed to have such a thoughtful, interesting, interested group of people who are willing to ask questions and there's so many people also obviously who are listening and watching and they don't they didn't ask a question but I get the sense that it's a really thoughtful group of people who have attracted themselves to this message and to this podcast and so for that I'm, I'm really grateful and uh, I'm really excited to see what 2023 has in store we've got some phenomenal phenomenal interviews that are soon to be done and I'm, I'm super excited to take you along the journey so thank you so much for listening or watching please don't forget to subscribe subscriptions are what make this podcast build and uh we want to build this thing into something really big and massive and i'd appreciate it if you could hit the subscribe button if you've gotten some value from this episode so thank you so much for listening I will see you in the next episode and until then, peace.